Introducing Kicking Back with the Cooks, presented by Woodhouse. 18 brands, 16 convenient locations, simplified car buying to save you time. Shop, finance, and buy online at woodhouse.com. Here's head coach John Cook, along with your host, Lauren Cook-West. Welcome back to Kicking Back with the Cooks, our September issue or episode, whatever you want to call it. And I'm going to start today's episode off with celebrating Henley, my pup. She just turned four years old. And then Madden, my daughter, just turned 10 months old. So where does, I don't know where time goes because I feel like it was yesterday when we brought them both home. But do you remember when I was that young coach cook? Uh, no. 10 months old? 10 months? <laughs> 10 months? Where, I remember. Where, where were you coaching and where were we traveling? We were, uh, what I do remember when you were eight months old, we took you to Hawaii because we, I was coaching with USA men. We played in Hawaii and then we went to Glacier Park in Bozeman on a mountain trip and uh, you had ear infections the whole time. It was a nightmare. So, so uh, that's what I remembered eight months and I thought, okay, that was a mistake. But you didn't stop traveling with me. You guys kept traveling I feel like we went on some more trips when I was around that age. So it wasn't like that was one and done. It was, we took that trip and then you guys kept taking me places. Yeah. Well, we were traveling so much with the USA team that it was only way to really stay connected. So, um, but yeah, the, I remember in Glacier Park, we're driving up the highway to heaven or whatever they call it. And, and uh, you're just screaming the higher we go because your ears are hurting more. So we went down to Missoula and found a doctor and got you some medicine. And anyway, but that, you asked me what I remember and that's what I remember. That's all you remember. <laughs> Just the awful memories. Yeah. I, I, you know what? It may have been I was car sick because I, I get car sick, especially when I drive through the mountains and windy roads. And I, I just, I, I have to either be driving or sitting in the front seat. And so maybe it was a combination of feeling car sick as well. It might have been, but I think it was your, your ears. <laughs> so. All right. Well, the season has officially started technically over a month ago. You guys just wrapped up preseason. Uh, we're filming this on Monday, uh, probably by the time it will be out end of the week. But you guys finished your preseason on Saturday and then you start Big Ten play at Northwestern on Wednesday. And thank goodness, because I'm not a huge fan of preseason. I don't know about you, but I'm all for the Big Ten season. I just don't love the preseason. Do you, do you have a favorite one over the other that you prefer? Um, no, we like we like preseason just because uh, we get to play a lot of different teams from different conferences and get tested and then prepare, you know, hopefully it prepares us for the Big Ten. Um the Big Ten feels like a grind because it's 10 weeks, two matches, sometimes back-to-back -back on the road. That's tough. Um, and then you got the Wednesday, Saturdays. It's hard to train, you know, well all week because you're you're trying to make sure they're fresh for the match matches. So Wednesday, Saturdays disrupts training quite a bit. If you go Friday, Saturday, you get a block at the beginning of the week to train. So you can kind of train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and, you know, back, start backing off as the week goes on. Um, so uh, there's a lot of different challenges in the Big Ten Conference. In non-conference, for the most part, you know, we played two weeks of just on the weekend. Uh, but I do know this. We're going. We're getting rid of the three matches in two days. I'm not, we're not doing that anymore. 
Um, the problem is everybody who comes into play wants to play three matches and they're, it's nuts. I mean, you know that this year, I mean, they basically had an hour and a half between matches. I mean, that's, that's nuts because everything went five games. Right. So somebody always has to play back to back. And, and so we're just gonna, we got to try to find teams that are happy just playing one match one day and one match the next day. Cause it's, it's, I, I just don't think it's fair to the athletes. Speaking of seasons, so I, I love the Big Ten season. You like preseason and Big Ten season. But the fall is my favorite season out of summer, spring, winter. What, I've never asked you this, and I honestly don't know the answer. So what is your favorite season? Um, and why? <laughs> well, every fall I've been coaching, so <laughs> – I guess that would be part of it. I, I do like. Um, That's your favorite or least favorite? <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, it's, I'm always coaching. So it's just part of it. It's uh, a good question. I don't know. I have to think about that. But I do like summer. Summers, when it's not too hot, summers are nice, fun. You like, you like the sun, the, you yeah. like the beach, the warm weather. I could, I yeah, could see that. You're right. Or Cabo or Hawaii in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, quick lowdown on Lauren Stiverens. I'm hearing rumors that she's in practice. She's taking swings. Any idea when she'll be back? And then uh, any starting lineup progress? Has anything been solidified now that we're through the preseason? Um, and then have you guys had any issues, any other issues with COVID or anything that is kind of looming that concerns you going into the Big Ten season related to COVID? Um, nothing on the COVID front, knock on wood. Uh, we um, haven't, haven't really heard too much about it in the athletic department. I know our baseball coach got it. Uh, he's got young kids, though. Um, so, uh, but there hasn't been, you know, we really haven't heard of it much um, in that regard in the athletic department. So, I feel like we're doing pretty well in that part, but I know uh, we're getting ready to play Northwestern and they were playing a mass this weekend. So they had an exposure and somebody on the other team, I think tested positive. So it's out there and you just got to hope it, it doesn't, you know, uh, hit in any way, but you know, we're fully vaccinated. So hopefully that's a, a protection. Uh, Lauren is in was in full practice today. We just made sure we limit her jumps, but she did everything today. So that's a really good sign. Now we have to see how she recovers and how she is tomorrow. But um, this was so, the first time she was in a full practice. Yes. Well, she's been in parts of practice, but today there was, it was unrestricted full go. We just limit her. And, and uh, as we say, the bullets were flying and she was in there, you know, six on six, you know, our drills tangent. JC on a box. Uh, those are, those are bullets are flying type drills. And um, the only, only drill we didn't put her in with the A side working on side out. Cause you know, we, we're not sure when she's going to be released to play. Is this breaking news? I don't know if it's breaking news. It's just progress that she's making. I mean, we've been on a plan and she's, she's keeping up with the plan. But man, she works out hard. You know, not only does she have practice, she has rehab, she has weights. I mean, she's she's in unbelievable shape right now because she's been working so hard. Um, 
and then the new lineup, typically we, we think we settle on a lineup and, you know, and today's Monday and of course it looks terrible because they're all nervous. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or I don't, I mean, it just, it wasn't great, but they're grinding through it. They're grinding through tough drills and they're, you know, our, I think our challenge is can we take how, how we compete and practice and how hard we're going and take it into matches. That's, that's the key for us. I'm, uh, I'm just hoping you have a starting lineup by December. That's <laughs> well, my goal for you. These guys are driving me crazy because we, we look at stats, we look at everything. Okay. This, we think this is our best combo. And then they go out and it doesn't look good. And then whoever's not in there is just teeing off. So, I mean, we had a couple, couple players today who were on the B side that were all world. So, so I'm like, there's, hey, there's no pressure on the B side. I know, I know. As Jalen says, the air is a lot thinner over on the B side. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm done talking about volleyball for now. So we're going to completely shift gears. And that's what this podcast is for, is to, to you know, get to know you, talk about some things outside of the volleyball world. So uh, we're going to go down memory lane and, and you're going to tell some stories and talk about life before volleyball. And so in honor of Henley, since it was her birthday, and you and I are both big time dog lovers, uh, I wanna know where that came from. Where, your love of dogs, where did that first start? Yeah, um, well, when I was young, um, my mom had horses and dogs. And she, because she had horses, she was herding, doing herding cattle or you know, in, in the ring and stuff. So we got a couple of uh, Australian cattle dogs and Australian shepherds that she was around the horses and would mess around with. Uh, and of course, you know, up until she passed away a year and a half ago, um, uh, it, it, she, uh, you know, she was using them to herd sheep and had a sheep herd and would train them. So that's probably where I started learning how to coach watching her and, and that's where we had dogs and horses. And then um, one day she brought home a rescue dog, which back then it was, they didn't have humane society rescues and all that. It was somebody had a dog and there was no home for it, So we took it in. And I think we took another one in. And then that's when uh, I think our love for dogs happened and we'd go camping in the desert and take all the, take the dogs with us. And um, so that, that's that's what we had a great backyard they were in so that's kind of where it started can you take us through all the dogs you've had since you were a child up until <laughs> up until now well some of those dogs weren't I mean weren't my dogs so they were you know my mom's dogs and she had a couple but um I don't remember all their names I just remember my first dog was an Irish wolfhound named Tara we had another rescue named uh, Molly, um, and uh, we had another rescue that I can't remember what the name of that was, which one, oh, I think her name was Shauna. Yeah, right, Molly, Shauna, Tara was my wolfhound. Um, then, then Grandma Cook gave you um, Abby, uh, Australian Shepherd, was a great dog. We had Sandy. Um, oh, oh then we, we had Sandy when we got, we were living in Wisconsin. We got a, a golden retriever. It was a great dog from a um, family that raised 
therapy dogs. So they're one of the first ones to raise therapy dogs back then. And we got a puppy from that litter and Sandy was a great dog. So um, now then there was um, um, <clears throat> okay. I'm trying to think of uh, our uh, well, there's Caden. Caden and, and then Callie. Callie, yeah, Callie. So and then that that's been it, right? That's pretty much been it, yeah. I I didn't know that about Sandy, but I just remember mom took, I think you were on a road trip and mom took me to go look at the puppies and they were just running all over me. I think I was maybe five years old and I just, one came up to me and that's the one that I wanted. And then I named her yeah. Sandy because I, I loved the beach in San Diego. And at the time we were in Wisconsin, all of our family was in San Diego. And she reminded me, the color of her fur reminded me of the sand. So I think that's why we ended on the name Sandy. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I didn't know that, but I yeah, could be wrong, but I think that's where it came from. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just remember the, it was really good. Uh, it was our swim coach at Wisconsin at the time. And he had told me he, he had a, he had a puppy or he had a dog from that same litter. And I just loved his dog. He'd bring him to work. And, and I'm like, if you ever, if they ever have puppies again, let us know. And of course they did. And that's how we got one. Interesting. Some, I learned something new from you every day. Yeah. Okay, continuing down memory lane and with the animal theme, I wanna talk more about your Wrangler days. I, I don't think a lot of people know this, but you used to ride on a horse, cut down trails, chew tobacco. I mean, you were a, you were a cowboy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Did you wear the whole get up with the spurs and boots and what are those slacks called that uh, go over your pants. Wrangler jeans, boot cut Wrangler jeans. Yeah, I, I did it all right. Right. where in your background, that mountains, those mountains right back there. Um, but I was in uh, college and uh, after my freshman year, um, I had transferred back from Oregon back to San Diego because uh, I was rehabbing an injury and, and I went to San Diego state to rehab it. And anyway, this, uh, uh, a family I met, uh, I, I needed a place to live. So they had a room that they rented me and I had known them from, you know, now I would say I would gave them private lessons, but I was helping them with their kids with volleyball and, and um, their son with basketball. And so anyway, they said, Hey, I, I was looking for a place to live. And they said, we got a room. We'll rent you that. And you, you can have eat here. And so it worked out great. And then they said, they were going on vacation to Jackson Hole. They said, you want to go? And I said, sure, I'll go. And anyway, so I kind of went up to Jackson Hole, went to this ranch and um, stayed there with them. And then I'm like, okay, I want to work here. And so I applied for a job the next summer and got hired. And I had had some horse experience, um, but it was Moosehead Ranch in, in, the, in, Jack, in the near Jackson Hole. And, and uh, what was cool was... Um, the, the head guy who ran it, we had 50 head of horses. And I just told him like, hey, I wanna learn everything I can. So he said, great, you can do all the shoeing on them, <laughs> which is really hard work and it's really hard on your back because he didn't wanna do it anymore. So he taught me how to do that. Uh, and then um, I would take the herd out every night and go in the morning, bring them back in because we put them out to pasture uh, right below the Grand Teton basically on the, on the 
east side of the Snake River. We had a huge pasture. So I'd round them up every morning and turn them out at night and then take people on rides to find elk herds and stuff. And then, um, so the second summer I worked, I wanted to break a horse. So they let me, uh, I went out to, uh, over by Du Bois, Wyoming, went out on a ranch and we went out and literally roped uh, a horse, a, a two-year-old mare who had been out there, roped her, got her in the trailer, took her back and I broke her just like you see in Yellowstone. Uh, Which is hopefully serious. coming back to our screens here in the next few months. What, what's that? I said, which is hopefully, I hope Yellowstone's coming back to our screens in the next few months. Oh yeah, it is. I think November 8th. So. Oh, they uh, came out with a date. Yeah. I think it's November 8th. Okay, good. So, so anyway, you I did, I did that and I did such a good job on the, on my horse that, um, he, the head wrangler, Dave is his name. He had a mule that he had bought and mules are great trail horses or for, for the trails up there in the mountains. Cause they have really hard, uh, hooves and, and the, because you, you, go, you go on these steep trails, there's rocks and stuff. So they're just great. And they can haul a lot and they're there. And these are mules that were bred for riding on trails in the mountains. So he said, Hey, you want to break, break my mule? I said, sure. So I broke two, two horses that summer. And basically I, I would go out. I got to the point where I was on a horse so much. I would, we, we would keep a horse in at night. I would get on him, just jump on, get up at six 30 in the morning, jump on him, nothing, grab onto the main, go out and herd. I'll bring all the horses back. It's like, like the see in the movies, but I was just so on a horse so much that, um, yeah, you become one with the horses. You never got hurt breaking the horses. I got thrown in, uh, bucked into the, you know, you do it and you break them in a round, small ring. And the, the, it was the mule that reared up and planted me in the, in the, in the fence, which is made of pine, you know, logs. And uh, I had a really bad bruise on my whole left side of my butt, basically. That was, that was really, and then one time we were out, out in the pasture and stepped in a hole and I went flying off. Uh -oh. the, the mule went down and I went flying off. So those were the two close calls. Okay, there's a bar in, I believe it's Wilson, Wyoming, that you would frequent. And you're not a big bar guy, but you used no. to be. What What is it called? Stagecoach or Coachman or something? And it's Stage it's been around for years, right? Oh, yeah, it's been there forever. Stagecoach, that's where the real cowboys go. And, um, and you, you, yeah, you better... Really, I mean, it's one of those places. If you're not real, if you're not like acting, you're not like a real cowboy riding horses and stuff and dressed the part. You don't go in there. Or back then, you didn't. Now I think it's filled with tourists. Yeah, it's tourists and mountain bikers now. There's still there's still cowboys that will go there, but yeah, you drink Colorado Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that's good to know. What I would like to do though is possibly teach. Uh, and we're working on developing a master's program here for, uh, and I've talked to Ronnie Green about this a lot and the, and the head of the School of Education, starting a, a program for coaches. So uh, Nicklin, Lauren, um, you know, Justine, Jordan Larson, I mean, all these guys want to coach at some point. And where do you get trained to coach? And so right now, you go into coaching, you have to be a psychologist, nutritionist, a strength coach. 
you got to know volleyball. You got to know, you know, how to, how to, you almost have to be an athletic medicine person, you know, to know about injuries and how to properly prepare them and rehab. You got to be a psychologist. I mean, you got, there's so much in now and complicated with coaching. Um, but where do you get trained to do that? Just because you're a great player doesn't mean you get trained, you know? So we need to have a program where these guys can go into that want to be coaches and be prepared for that. Because what I'm seeing is a lot of former players in all different sports go into coaching and then they, they hate it because they're not prepared for all the other stuff they have to deal with. They think coaching, you know, like every time we hire somebody, Kayla, Kelly, they come back. They're like, I had no idea how much, what all the other things that you guys do. They just think you go down there with a whistle and the ball and let's train and go play. <laughs> you know, they don't realize all the other things that go into running a program. And so I, I'm really passionate about developing a coaching program that our players can go into. Cause I would say probably a third of our team every year wants to coach. Love it. Love the idea. Okay. Before we get to confession and lessons, your favorite part, I want to hear the top three items on your bucket list. Do you know what a bucket list is? Yeah. Top three items on the, I want to win our next volleyball match. That would be one. That's not a bucket list item is, is for example, you know, I want to go skydiving or I want to visit Italy or, uh, trying to think of a good example. I don't know something. Well, something that, I want to go to. I want to go to Hawaii for beach. I, we haven't been the last couple of years. I really missed that. Um, so that's one thing that that's like a highlight every year to go over there, hang with all my brothers and. Um, you've done that party. before. I, I think, know, I think but, on a bucket list, it has to be something you've never done. Okay. <laughs> I want to, I want to, uh, I want to do an overnight backpack in the, in the Tetons with Taylor. So that's, that's one of them. Okay. Not with me, just with Taylor, your favorite well, you child. Too, with, you know, but I'd like to do an overnight backpack. I've never done that before. Um, so I'd like to do that. Um, I may have the opportunity to ride a motorcycle from Wyoming to Alaska. So that that's kind of on there. I'm not allowing you to do that. <laughs> and um go to ireland you've never been to ireland no I'd like to go to ireland huh. we'll work on uh doesn't football play there next year we're working on it we've talked about it but i'd like to go to ireland as a tourist you know not just go play volleyball or go to the football game i like to go there and really see ireland you know because the irish wolfhounds and just learned a lot about the culture there and you know, typically if we go some, one of the places we always try to go somewhere, if we go out to a bar food type place, you know, there's, we'd like to go to an Irish place. So I don't know why, but there's this, this connection with Ireland and Scotland and the movie Braveheart. And I've, I've done, I've studied a lot of history about that time period in, in Ireland and Scotland and all that, you know. Um, and then there was a, um, uh, there's a show on Netflix that I, the first series I ever watched on net Netflix. Um, uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Um, but it's all about that time period of, uh, the last kingdom, the last kingdom. Yeah. Thanks. 
so I just am infatuated with the last kingdom and that part of the world and all the, <laughs> and Braveheart, which I've probably seen 15 times. You're new so, to Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a whole new world that opened up for me. But I, <laughs> I only watch it when I'm on my bike. So I'm, I watch it. I got to work out and watch my shows. My latest one, the one was really good and I would highly recommend it. The players told me about it. Queen of the South. And it's about the drug cartels, but these women trying to run it. And it was, it was intense. And anyway, but every time I get on the bike for a workout, I'll, I watched one of those episodes. So I'm right now I'm, I'm Netflix, Netflix free right now. I'm not watching anything because I, I watch video of our, our team. Don't tell Netflix, but you use my username and password. And okay. it's so annoying because literally you never keep yourself logged in. So every time you want to watch Netflix, you have to text me, Hey, what's the username and password again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm technology. I'm still behind. I know. Well, I'll make a deal with you. If you win the rest of your matches this year, I will pay for you to go to Ireland. Okay. okay. All right. All inclusive yeah. trip on me. If you went out the rest of the season. Deal. <laughs> we'll shake on it okay all right confession and lesson time do you have anything i hate this <laughs> I know. um here's my confession is i like wearing the mastery matches because if i have to like let off steam nobody <laughs> knows what i'm saying <laughs> if you need to cuss just whatever I have to vent. Nobody can see. I feel like I'm in my own private world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Do you have a lesson to go with that? The lesson is everybody's hitting the panic button. You know, we've, cause we lost three matches. We're, we're not playing great. Um, we, we, we just haven't found our way yet. Um, we're dealing with a lot of, expectations and pressure and NIL now. And I, I know that puts pressure on some of our players because they feel like they got to be this all world player. So hopefully the lesson is, is that some of our worst times in the non-conference and starting the conference, once, once we were able to work through it, where I thought, okay, it's hopeless. We've turned it around and done won national championships and, and had great seasons. So hopefully that's the lesson I'm trying to teach right now and believe in. JB and I always say on the air, you never want to peak in August or September. So you guys are right on track. So like some of these other teams that are at their peak, they're playing their best volleyball and it's tough to do that all the way up until December. So you guys are actually probably trending on the right path. Yeah, I hope so. But you know, we, we really only lost Jazz and Haley Densberger and, and I don't know, it just, it's just, and they're working so hard. They, they, our practices are unreal and we get in the games and it's like, we forget everything we just did. So uh, I, I think it's just got to be the expectations and the pressure and, and, you know, living up to all the hype. And so, you know, we haven't performed at a high level, but hopefully we're going to work through that. You, you didn't lose a lot of players, but you gained a lot of players. And I think right. 
you always look at, okay, they lost this many seniors, but no one ever talks about or looks at, you know, they had five or six incoming freshmen. I mean, that's, it's a lot to manage and, and it's almost more difficult when you're adding all those new faces and new players. It's everyone's having to adjust uh, to their playing style and their personality. And I, I just think that uh, that's not talked about enough is, you know, we always focus on, okay, they lost so-and-so, but it's, you know, look at who you're gaining. I mean, if there's positives and negatives to it. Yeah, you're right. When we added six new players and, um, you know, and then with our freshmen, I mean, that's over half our team is, you know, in their first year because, and because last year was a, you know, limited year. So you really can't count last year all that much, but, but we do have some experience, but we're going to be going against teams that also returned a lot of experience and more seniors than we did. And of course, if we get, if Lauren gets back, I mean, that's, you know, it completely changes our team. Well, my lesson is if you want to go quickly, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think oh. that goes with, that's a good one, right? Yeah, it's great. I'll share that with my team tomorrow. Uh, I just think that goes hand in hand. You always talk about a team within a team and being a good teammate. And um, I just feel like that's a message that we always hear from Nebraska volleyball. And so I think, I think that quote goes with that goes together with that. And then my confession, you already know this, but I'm deathly afraid of spiders. Oh my and God, you are. You have that acrophobia, whatever it is. I, uh, I, I mean, it's, I can't control my reaction when I see them. You, you've caught me screaming a few times thinking, you know, something's wrong. Someone's dying, but it's just a spider and I can't kill him. I have to have someone else kill him. And it's really, it's, yeah, it's the thing I'm most afraid of. So are you afraid or scared of anything besides losing? <laughs> uh, not off the top of my head. I'm just <laughs> Snakes. Um, Bears. Well, I think uh, I'm a little leery of heights sometimes. So. Of hiking? No, of heights. You like oh, going height. up on a ladder, going up okay. on a tall building or being on a being up at the mountains you know overlooking something so I, yeah. I get a little wigged out on that sometimes I just feel uneasy like yeah the, the sensation in my stomach when I'm up to, when I'm up at something on something that's really high okay anything else that's good no Lauren that's great that's great that's it you probably are starving you haven't had dinner yet you did this right after practice Yep. So thank so. you for your time. I'll let you go eat. I have to go put Madden down for bed and okay. we will talk to you all next month. So thank you for tuning in, listening, watching and go Big Red. Yeah.